we're talking about a hard thing, but something that we all have to deal with. Then the Madraga that's within our reach. Not only it's within our reach, but we must reach for it. The Madraga of Ahava Tlidadava. Uh, yeah, Reish Lamech has. Ahava Tlidadava. Not Madraga of Reish Lamech has. Not Madraga of Ahava Tlidadava. When a person when a person goes to Yisurim, whatever type of Yisurim it happens to be, obviously, when the Ahava, the love that a person has for Kaddish Baruch Hu is Tlibadava, means that a person is filled with a sense of gratitude, appreciation, leading to stronger emotions such as love, love for Kaddish Baruch Hu because of the gratitude and thankfulness that I have for all that you've given me. You've given me A, B, C, D, and I have tremendous Ahava. Yisurim, on the other hand, Yisurim, suffering and difficulties, pain, suffering, loss, that stands in direct conflict with the with the emotion of gratitude and thankfulness. I'm not thankful for pain. I don't feel grateful for suffering. And and um, when a person says a bracha, a bracha means this is something, the normal way of thinking, this is something that I want, this is something that's good for me, that's good, and I'm going to take this second to make a bracha to express my appreciation for all that Hashem is giving me. The Yisurim, the Gemara says, that a person is chayv to make a bracha on something in his life that's ra, something in his life that's a misfortune, or loss or suffering in his life so we understand that as long as that person sees that as something which is Ra then it then it's a complete and total obstruction to any feeling of love or any feeling of any feeling of gratitude I'm not grateful for suffering and misery nor do I love the one who's responsible for it it's very simple it contradicts everything in our lives everything in, in who we are to feel love or gratitude for the one who's who's hurting us, for the one who's causing us pain. This is probably the single most powerful and compelling reason for people to go away from, if not belief in Hashem, then certainly having any pressure with Him. Because there isn't a person who doesn't have Yisrael, who doesn't have Yisrael. From somebody who got to the lost his panos or has some lost a family and lost a child to a person who uh, I, there was once when I was teaching there was, I was teaching a senior 12th grade girls and she broke her nail that she had been working on I guess for a couple of months I don't know and there was such howling and screaming coming from her, this girl she went to the bathroom a few other girls went with her to Menachem Marvel. so she, was just, I, you know, I didn't know what it was she lost her nail I was right before some big party or something, she lost a nail. So that's also Yusuf. The Gemara says even reaching into your pocket and pulling out the wrong change. You thought you're going to have this much, comes out that much. It's also Yusuf. So nobody's popped out from Yusuf. So the reality of Yusuf, when a person sees and experiences and, uh, and believes that Yusuf are bad, something bad, that stands in the way of any feeling of gratitude or ahava. As we spoke about last week, in this world, when somebody is bad to you, you avoid them. It's very simple. If someone is causing you, you sort of, forget what you sort of, even this discomfort, 
if there's somebody if there's somebody that you're not comfortable with you'll avoid so if God forbid a person associates Hashem's Baruch with suffering, pain and misery way beyond discomfort then why wouldn't you avoid him? why wouldn't you? and the truth is that a great part of the, of the Orthodox population I'm not talking about, we're not talking about people who are not Shemimisis they have other reasons why not to have a Shaykh but a great part of the Orthodox population avoids HaKadosh Baruch avoids Hashem doesn't think about him even though they dive in the grand film they keep Shabbos avoids Hashem comes late to shul talks during shul uh, davens up things without thinking doesn't invest kaychus into his avayda and working on making himself closer to Hashem Baruch it's avoidance there's a, a big avoidance a lot of that can be attributed to Yisurim each person with his Yisurim one person will laugh the other person's Yisurim the guy says like if the girl says that I had big Yisurim today I, I broke my nail I was working on it for three months this nail and I finally got it to be just right so that a person sitting next to her just had a miscarriage he says you're not, a, you're not ashamed to tell me that you, you're crying over a broken nail I, I, I had a baby that, that died you're not ashamed of yourself and then, then she sings to someone and says you had a baby that died. I lost my whole family you're not ashamed to cry about losing a, a miscarriage or even a, a miscarriage I lost my children and the line goes on unfortunately that's how it is so the key of course is the, and what we're learning here is the, that Nakud inside of myself that either believes that this is truthfully something good that God is doing to me or for me because if I don't believe that that's truthfully badness, I can't fake that. I mean, I can tell to people, I can, I can say, all the Hashem's and Yisham, but I can't, you, a person who's suffering can't fake that. If I believe, the Munishlaim, that this is something which is not bad, it's not bad. Not only is it not bad, but it's good. So then, not only will it not prevent me or obstruct my love to Hashem's well, but I, it's another part of all the good that He does for me. There's good that I understand, and there's good that I don't understand. And that's the, that's the first course of action that the author works with, and he goes to a deeper level, a second level. The first is very conventional, that we grew up with, we're familiar with, but we have, we, we have to drive it deep into who we are, to live with it. So, six lines down. What we're going to work on now is very well-known approach, and it's the obvious approach. It's what we tell ourselves and we talk to our children and students about. It's the first mahalach, and it's absolutely true. But not everybody could. Not everybody. It doesn't work for everybody. It would for a person would enter in pneumias. What's that? He says, "Avalon dalagalav v'nisk v'naskar." So this one is Yosidu. Avalon dalagalav. We're not going to skip it. V'naskar. So yes, Reb Shifas. This one we're going to learn now. Today it's very well known. It's the, it's the common sense, obvious approach, but it shouldn't be skipped. We have to focus on it also. Just as Reb Shifas. Nem ever pasuk chayseich chayseich shivtai sani benai. Shlomel says, "The one who holds back the the the." the strap with the uh, stick and you hold back the stiff 
the father who doesn't give his, his son a, a, a patch when he's supposed to get one, Sine Benai. So he think, he's saying to everybody how much he loves his son because he never hits him. And Shomal says he has such a father who never hits his son is Sine Benai. He doesn't love his kid, he hates his kid. Nechain, other psukim. You discipline Yaser, Yaser means to give Moser, means to know what you serve to your son, and then it'll be good for you, and he'll be good, he'll give you Nachas, and he'll, he'll bring you delicacies. Meaning, not physical, but you'll have Nachas. Any father who wants his son to behave towards him in a way that is befitting a son. Chayev liyasrei is chayev to the word liyaser again. It doesn't mean here torture. It means to punish or to discipline. And even sometimes to give a patch. At that time, at that moment, when the father is hitting his son, and of course he puts into brackets what's obvious, but it always has to be we always have to repeat it we're not talking about an inappropriate smack God forbid out of screaming or anger and to go and to hit a child means careful carefully weighing and thinking it through and with absolute clarity that this is what the child needs not that you lost yourself and you just give you just uh, give a smack, but it's something which is thought out and 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 the right to hit the child at the right time, in the right place on his body, in the right way, and not God forbid to lose yourself. When the father is doing that, when the father has to, when it came to a point where it's so bad that the father has to give his kid a patch, so at that time. He's happy and he's sad. The father is happy and sad. Mitzad echad husamech bekach. On the one hand, he's happy. Because this perhaps is the last hope. This is his last, not last hope. But here he has hope that this could possibly, possibly be the beginning of his son changing his way of behaving. That he never, until now, he never gave him a patch. And now it's gotten to a point where he has to give again. He thought it through. He thought it through. It's not out of anger. It's with a cheshman. And he gives his son a patch. This could be the beginning of the child's Yeshua. This could be the beginning. This could be the beginning of the boy's salvation. Finally, you know, it's been a long time. This kid's been getting away with a lot of stuff. He hasn't gotten the proper Muslim direction. He hasn't gotten the proper guidance. Nothing has has scared him sufficiently or upset him sufficiently and after much deliberation the father has given him a patch the father gives the kid a smack so that as far as there being hope that this could lead to something better that's encouraging but of course at the same time it's not shame who it makes him so sad it's very sad that the only means that I have at my disposal to being able to somehow 
get my kid to be on the right path is their hakaz by having to hit him. It's, 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 and that makes him very sad. It was very rare growing up. My father only twi- hit me twice in all the years growing up. My, my mother was more regular. But when my mother, when my mother would give, I always, you know, in the right place and so on. But when my mother would, it was, it was usually immediately, it was immediately uh, uh, um, uh, disqualified. If any effect was immediately, because my mother would start to cry. She would start to, if she gave me a patch on the talker, she would start to cry, start to apologize, and 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 uh, and uh, you know it doesn't work. It doesn't work. It doesn't work that way. It's got to be a serious thing. My mother would start to cry, start to hug me. I'm sorry. And I was just over on some kind of horrible thing. They brought her to such a point, which is very hard to do, that she would give me. It wasn't a bad patch. She gave me a patch. But then, but then it would be my father. The two patches that he gave me were, were a hundred times more intense physically than my mother's little effort at a patch and he didn't apologize <laughs> I understand there was no apology forthcoming I apologized that's the difference I had to apologize my father didn't have to apologize so there's a happiness necessary of course my father was upset that he had to do that he was a cheshman he had to do it there's no there was an old funny thing when I was a kid that I remember seeing on the television with the little rascals you remember little rascals so there was a there was a I mean I don't know if you ever saw the little rascals you can stop me in the I can't raise my hand nobody on the tape knows your name so <laughs> except for me they know but they already know that I that I am uh, guilty of uh, things like that from the past so the uh, so the little rascals were very funny and, and there was this there's the, the little the little black kid was up to all kinds. You never saw adults in the little rascals, only kids. And the little black kid was up to something. He did something really bad. Buckwheat. Yeah, he did something really really bad. And um, and his father said, "You don't see the father's face. The father says, boy, you know, I'm gonna have to give. I'm gonna have to teach you a lesson. And and shows like the father put buckwheat." Now the, the buckwheat anticipated this. He knew he was in for it, so he put some very hard metal thing in his pants. Some, so so the father puts buckwheat on his on his lap. And he turns him over, and you don't see you just see the father's hand and, they, and some guy saying in a deep voice, and he says, "Boy, this is going to hurt you. This is going to hurt me more than it hurts you." And then you see buckwheat looking at the camera and saying, "Sure is. Sure is going to hurt you more than it hurts me." <laughs> But it's true. It so is. It does hurt. It hurts a parent to have to do that. That it came to that. It hurts. But this is what it came to. <laughs> We're talking about a, a person who thought it out, who doesn't, is not, didn't lose his temper, is not, but realizes that it's come to a point that my kid needs a patch. Nope. That is what Shlomoach was talking about. Holding back. You hate your son if you hold back. He wasn't talking about God forbid abuse of crazy people. He was talking about that uh, twice in a lifetime patch. You know, uh, certainly that the intention of the father is completely right according to halacha and is good. And we could use some more of that in our generation. Could use some more of that again, only in, in a healthy, proper way. We could use more of that. 
But if, if a person would look at suffering and his own suffering, whatever that suffering is, if a person would look at his suffering, makais like the like the smacks a patch of a very very chashiva father, of a very thought out, fair, compassionate father. If we would think of our suffering in that way, it would all look different. Then the patch would not contradict my father's love. The patch it does not conflict with that emotion of love. It's an expression of love, not conflicting with love. We understand this. It's just hard to feel this. But then there's no conflict between the father's love and the patch. It's an, ex- it's an expression of love. And that's why the father, while he's doing it, there's also that feeling of hope and satisfaction that this could be a turning point in the kid's life, maybe. Could be better. And nowadays it's uh, much less effective, obviously, than it used to be. And that's why you have to be so much more careful these days with giving out a patch. It's just, for many reasons, it doesn't work like it used to. But we understand. It would be a different, it would be an entirely different way of looking at, at, at the patch, at my suffering. Sansa was coming back from the funeral of one of his children. He had a child that died, his son died. People looked at him and he didn't look sad. He looked like he was not just sad. He looked there was some simon of happiness. There was a sign of joy. Not to say that he was laughing, but there was a simon. It wasn't sad, it was Samir. Shalvoisai. So they asked the sons of Hayitachim. Is it possible? How could that be? Lias Besimcha Beshar Kazu. How could you be happy? You're coming back from your son's funeral. Vu Analahem Bemarshal. He answered with a marshal, but remember this marshal. It's one of these mashalim. It's very simple, it's very easy to remember. And it's important to keep, we shouldn't have any service, but it's important to keep in one's wallet or pocket. There are certain things that, you know, they come and they go, even though it shouldn't, but that's, we just, we have, uh, our memories are not good. The other things that you have to make sure to put in your pocket. Like, you know, there are certain phone numbers you put on the front to make sure you can get an instant uh, dial, redial, whatever it's called. So it's not everybody's, yeah, but there are certain numbers you have to make sure. That this one, the Mashalim, the person has to keep on his uh, automatic speed yeah, speed dial. He has to keep on the speed dial. What's that? So time signs uh, answered. He said, Adam A person is walking on the street. Suddenly he feels someone gives him like a rack on the back. Hmm. On the back. He's walking. He doesn't know who's there. Gets on the back. So for a moment he's like paralyzed. He's angry. So somebody, somebody hit me. And he turns around very angry. Who had the chutzpah to hit me? Nowadays, or something, you just keep on running, you don't turn around. But, you know. When he turns around, the gila is part of a seicha kaisa yididah. Oh, he sees his best friend laughing. This is friend that came up behind him and gave him a whack on the back. This is friend. 
And he sees his friend laughing. This is a friend who says good morning. In that way, it was a, a touch of affection, of a good morning, wasn't it? I'm saying, He calms down right away. The fellow that, the fellow that, that was hit, he calms down right away. And he smiles. He sees that, my friend. Right? There was somebody in the shul that we have in the shul that was for um, quite a few years. He worked with the, in the Mossad, and he prides himself on having killed many Yishmaelim. This fellow, he's a very, very tough guy. You know, and he was involved in all kinds of secret missions, and um, he like grew up in that whole Indian the army and then the Mossad. So his wife was telling us once that when they when they got married, so they went on a they they went on a vacation to Prague. I think that's what she said. They went to Prague, and there are a lot of bridges over there. And he was walking. He was walking. She was walking with her husband uh, over the bridge, and and he was a little bit ahead of her, looking at something, and she tapped him. She tapped him on the shoulder, but to get his attention. He, he grabbed it by the turned it, didn't even look grabbed by the throat and slammed down on the bridge and put his like his, his knee on the, on on the throat and, and it was the collar it was they were just married <laughs> yeah, was, I mean, that was that was the reaction that he you know he he was trained that if someone comes up behind you you got you know you don't you don't ask questions and you don't run away you take care of it I mean that's, he said Imamish flipped she said he was, he was about to kill her you know. So normally, normally, so in this case, normally that's not a good thing. But in this case, that's that's that was her, uh, that, that was his collar. So. She was when that isn't the shul, so people don't like. Uh, yeah, it's a great, it's a, he's a very funny guy. So that was that was uh, that was the collar. So, Reb Chaim Sanzi was saying, when they remember, remember the question, the question he's coming back from his son's funeral. And he doesn't look like he's crying. He looks like he's okay. Not just okay. He even looked like it's a little samer, a little happy. I mean, he can't happy, but he was okay. So somebody asked him, "How are you talking? How could that be?" So he said that, that if someone someone goes behind you and taps you on the in the street, you turn around. You oh, not taps you, but gives you a whack. You're upset. You turn around, but then when you see it's your dearest friend who loves you, and he was saying good morning to you, and that was a, a that was a, a, an affectionate uh, smack. So then. Then of course you're happy to see him. Hashela he. So of course this is a very very important marshal, and it's not only for getting hit hard. Allah has come of Certainly that's true when it comes to the little difficulties or annoying things in life. Hashela he. Eich mistaklam alzuras hanogas habayre. How do I? We're talking about how could I? How could I go through Yisurim and continue loving Hashem or even loving Him more? If my Ahav is Slivadava, then if He was, if He did something that was bad to me, then someone does something that is bad to me, then I, then I, I, I can't continue loving Him. I don't feel grateful or thankful. So the question in life is, How do you look at Hashem and the way that He runs our lives and the world? Now he looks. This person looks at the Gemara Brachas in the first parak, but the Gemara says that you remember that Bilam 
was looking for the right moment to curse Bnei So he had to find Kiregabiapal that there's a whatever that means in the Mephashim talk about that there's a moment when Hashem is when it's the time of Din a moment when like like Hashem is uh, the, the angry side Hashem he's angry at us and, and Milam was a big it was a big bucky a big maze in, in everything in the Shemaim and he wanted to find that moment when when the, when he could uh, when Lahav the gods in a bad mood and that's when he'll curse the Jews right? that's what the Gemara tells us so Schwartz is saying is any person that learns that Gemara and comes out from that Gemara any person most people I mean that was, uh, learn, learn the Gemara that then they come out from the Gemara and they understand that Advarim Kipshutam, which means Lord Hainu, Shekeshem Shulafamim Yoytsim Mikhailov Akayis. Listen, I have my bad moments. God's entitled to have his bad moment. Kiregabapo. The only difference between me and God is that I have like a lot of bad moments. So God is really amazing because he only has like a, he only has a bad mood. He's only in a bad mood for a moment a day. A person who thinks that way, who thinks that there's such thing as God losing it, the same way that we lose our temper. And we get angry. Obviously, that person is, is going to have a very hard time not only not only uh, loving Hashem despite the Yisur, but not going to, to despise Him, which is what happens with Chazal tells us, and there are many psukim that, that Shalom Al told, told us, that people who, are, people who are angry are despised. The most disliked and despised people in the world are people who are big tempers they're just like people are afraid they might talk nice to them but they're, they're, they're not li- they're not loved they're not liked they're despised so anybody who learns this Gemara and thinks the meaning of this Gemara is that listen God also has bad moments he also has a bad mood you see that that's what Bilum was looking for the for that bad mood and that as if God forbid during that time Hashem loses his temper Even on the simple pshat, which if you look at the Mepharshim, even the simple pshat, if anyone else would try, if there would be a, a, a specific, the exact time of the day, for one moment, that you'd be in a bad mood. How do you plan a bad mood for a moment anyway? So, so the whole thing is a contradiction. I mean, if somebody's, a bad a mood is something that, or if you lose your temper, in a Russian, even in English, to lose the temper. But, to, but a person who learns this command and thinks that it means that God also loses his temper. That person That means when God loses his temper Then he's capable of hurting his child So the same way that when I lose my temper I gave my kid I gave my kid a, a, a bit smack It was too much Or I said something I shouldn't have said During my during my fit of anger And then I regret it oh, I wish I wouldn't have said that I wish I didn't hit the kid like that I wish I didn't uh, you know, make some crazy Rule that you, whatever you can't you know you can't play ball for the next twelve years or something you know and then afterwards say what I would I do because I was so angry I lost it a kid whose father loses his temper I'm not talking about once or twice but it happens regularly loses his temper and hits the son the son starts to hate the father he, my father loses it and he hits me starts to hate him even though he might say it but inside there's a hatred that's developing there a person who thinks of a Kaddish Baruch Hu, who learns the, the Gemara in, in a very silly and simple way and thinks that it means that Hashem also loses his temper so last year Hashem lost his temper because when did he lose his temper with me? I lost my job 
So God lost his stuff, but he threw me out of he, threw, he, he sent me out of my job. I was working in a place for twenty years. He got angry with me and he told me you're fired. The boss was a shlich, but the Hashem told me you're fired. So that was that. Then I got home and I expected that my wife was going to feel sympathy, right? Because I lost my job. So I come and I tell my wife, listen, this is some bad news, I lost my job. She starts to scream at you, Lord, you good shlich. Ever since I married you, I can't believe I married you, I should have married I should have married Hamyanko. Hamyanko's a millionaire and his wife and he's happy and I married you, you're the biggest lawyer you stuff and she gives him and she be. So within it, so then within a half hour, first he got one patch from Akashbar who had worked. Then Hashem said you're fired. Then he comes home, he thought he was gonna get some sympathy from his wife. The wife says, You're an idiot, you lawyer. I can't believe you were fired. If I was your boss I would have fired you twenty years ago, I should never have married you. Well, people hear things like this. I'm not making things I'm saying a story, but I've heard things like this. You're low useful. You should have been five minutes a long time ago. So then the guy goes, the guy says, oh, all right, the conventional game, that's the second patch he gave me. That's the second patch of the conventional game. Then, uh, then he says, uh, he goes over to, he goes over a few minutes, a few minutes after that to his son, to Shmuel. Shmuel, how you doing? And the kid's on the phone, looks up to him like, what? You know, how you doing? You want to talk a little bit? You want to play low ball? Kid rolls his eyes and says, "I'm busy." So he says, "That's the third patch in half hour. Third patch in half hour. Got fired from work. My wife and I got my kid. See, doesn't know what to do. See, the lawyer's very. He goes, he goes over to the computer. He has a computer. He goes over to the computer to turn on to see something on his computer. He presses the button. It's not working. The computer's broken. He says something on the machine that it's also for you to come or something." So it's broken. How many how many patches can a person get? In in a half hour, I got four patches in a half hour. So if if the person feels that with anybody else in the world that would do that to you, you'd say, God, I've had it with you. I'm not shy with you. A person who learns this Kamara and thinks that God loses it. He lost it at work. I was out. Then when I came home, and my wife reacted that way. He could have, God could have easily have, he got, had a had a, few, a half hour to calm down after he fired me. He had a half hour to calm down, but no, he didn't calm down. I come in, he puts it to my wife's mouth, such a thing. She starts screaming at me. He's still losing it. Then my kid could have been nice to me and said, "Sure, that I'd love to spend some time with you." And my kid, then God is still angry at me. He's angry again at me. And then with the computer, even a stupid thing like the computer, even the computer doesn't work. I had four times in a half hour the guy screaming and losing. He lost it. He lost it. Because any person that would do that to you, you would say, he's, lo- he's crazy. He's losing it. He's losing it. There, there was a. I remember many, many years ago, when I was a, when I was a book, I was working in a hotel with a friend of mine. And there, and there were two going there that having a fight. But it was, uh, you know, they get very, they get really very serious. It was a serious fight. First, it was 30 seconds of, of, of language, of cursing. But then, in the kitchen, it was, we, were, we were working with waiters. Then the kitchen, it, it, this one picked up, it's uh, one of the cable over there, and, and goes after the other guy. And then, and then like, the rest of the chavah, they came, oh, it was quiet. It was like that for like two hours. Everybody was just doing their work. And then the guy turned around and he, and, he, and he whacked the guy over the head with something. Two hours later, that take the guy to the hospital. So I was thinking, I said to my friend, look at this, it's unbelievable. The stuff sitting on the stove, 
cooking for 15 minutes, half hour. This guy's cooking for two hours. You'd think that he'd had two hours. He was quiet. He was just doing his work. You'd think that he like that he would be okay, and that he worked the Indian through. He was just he was just cooking. He was just cooking the whole time, and they let him have it. You say about a person like that, he's, he's not in control of himself. I'm sure you that. So how are you supposed to love such a person? People like that are not lovable. They're despised and they're hated. Why? Because they lost it. So if you think that this Gemara means that, that Chas Shalom, when it says in the Gemara such a lotion about HaKadosh Baruch Hu, when it brings the Pesach, Rege Be'apai, and Rege Be'apai means Kememre, it means that there's Rege Kememre, means that there's a moment where God loses it, if he's lost it, then he's no better than, than any human being that loses it and does something nasty. It does something that's un- uncontrolled. So the youth thing like this, Kishem Shulafanim, you look at the same way that I sometimes go out of my kalim, I lose myself, and I get angry, and I do and I do things that are not nice. I cause somebody pain, or I say a bad word, I hit somebody, God forbid. There are people who have killed their own children in a fit of anger, and they spend the rest of their lives wanting to kill themselves or killing themselves. He knows that when he loses it and he hits his son, it's not because of Ahava. What is it? It's because of his temper. It's because of his anger. Because he's he's a person that hasn't worked on himself, hasn't for all the years he's still screaming like a lunatic and hitting and hitting people. It's because of a total loss of patience and tolerance. And he exploded and he hit his and he hit his kid. So he, he thinks that's how he learns the Gemara. That the same way by me there's such an Indian, so there's also by Hashem such an Indian. That's what the Gemara means. It says in the Apostle. Oh, so this is the person's way of looking at his suffering in life. It was that bad moment, I guess, and he just reached out and gave me a smack. That's what God does to me. Then he'll believe, he thinks, that this this Yisurim that I'm going through, the, the suffering that I'm going through, it's because of God's anger and that he lost it. And that's a terrible, terrible, terrible mistake that has driven many people away from Yiddishkeit. And even people that keep on doing the mitzvahs, they don't, have, they don't want to have anything to do with God. They have no shaykhs there by Islam. And when you, if, you really can, if you really can get to, an, to interview any of those people, and go really, and they're honest, and you dig down deep, it'll usually go back to some misfortune in life. That uh, ever since then it's been, you know, it's not a theological thing. It's not that they have a question, like I explained last week. It's not... You know whether God exists or doesn't exist, or whether you know all these things are free choice and good and evil. It boils down to what kind of relationship can I have to someone who's hurt me so many times in my life? So you telling me that I should love God? Why does He love me? If He would love me, then how can He fight me? How can He set my wife on me? He set my kid against me? He broke the computer? So it's not they don't believe in God; they just don't believe that God has any positive feelings towards them. Or if He does. It's been uh, it, it's it's the uh, it's been lost in the overwhelming majority of expressions of God's feelings towards me, which have been negative, which have been negative.
So that person, that person is reading the entire situation in the wrong way, obviously. But this is the most common mistake that people make. Even though they're smart, they're intelligent, and they understand what we're going to read now on their own. You don't need the Bilvavi Mishkanefna to teach us this next paragraph. But still, people have a hard time with it. Because Aikadekach, this suffering, cause a person to be confused. Aikadekach, does it cause confusion? If you read this in the right way, if you look over this mice in the right way. When the Gemara says that there's a moment of God's anger, and you learn the Chazal, even if you're not smart enough, you don't know how to read the Maharsha or the Maharal, so you don't know what the Gemara means. But you're, you're smart enough to say, this is too deep for me. It can't be that God just loses it. God doesn't lose it. He's not in a lousy mood because uh, because he had a bad day at work or something. But that's, not, that's not how it is with the Shalom. Well, like you know, he's in a bad mood because somebody like uh, somebody was uh, was supposed to become Baal Tshuva that day and, and decided against this. So the Rebbe was like, I can't believe. He says that Mrs. Rebbe Shalom why the lousy dad. I thought I was going to have this guy's Baal Tshuva, didn't work out. Either. We're talking about. Uh, Greek mythology or something. By Greek mythology, you see the gods are jealous and fighting. All kinds of it's, it's more lebedigdir than it is over here. They have they need therapy up there more. I mean, how can they cut? But that a person that's not what it means. And at least the person is humble enough to say, "I'm Mike. I'm Mike. Me himself. It's a very deep gemara. Feist. What does that mean? That there's a moment, there's a mid of cast for the Shalom, That there's a moment where where where, where Bilam is trying to. To attach himself to that cause. This, the deeper meaning of this gemara is beyond, almost beyond the understanding of, of anybody in the world. It's a very hard gemara. It's a hard gemara. Well, obviously, one has to learn it in depth with the mafarshim, and then, and then even then, you might not understand it. Then to learn with the, what the, the Vilna has to say, what the Ramchal has to say, and then with the Ariya Kaddish, the Zayar Kaddish, to understand. Person can understand the shot in the gemara. If not. So that's why the Gemara goes on after that. You go on. If you don't understand the Gemara, that's okay. So you put the Gemara on and you go, with the, you go learn a different Gemara. You go to the next part of the Gemara. Keep on going. A person, a person has to approach this Gemara and if necessary to leave this Gemara with with Nakudas Hanachapshuta with an accepted, clear basis for a way of thinking and a way of understanding how Hashem runs the world. Which is Shatachlis Abarihi Ha Tovel Everything that the Bhagavan does is Latayf Mamish. Not that it's like it's good, but it's good Mamish. Gamz Latayva there's a difference the tiny space between those. In the end, we'll understand that the whole plane was good, but every single detail is also good. It wasn't like with people that there are some bad things, but in the end, it'll work out. It's Gamzula This very thing, this exact thing, is Latayv Mamish. With the tachlis habayri he had tovel in the room. 
and the tachlis by the Rabbani Shalom is only to give good. And it's not like a person can say, I meant well, even though it turned out to be bad. That's not by Hashem. The tachlis of the Cheshbaruch, who is the Hatov, is the good, and the Cheshbaruch doesn't make mistakes. It's not a mistake. The past that you got, or the penos that you lost, or whatever happened with your wife and your kid, and whatever happened with the computer, it's not a mistake. It's not a mistake. It's tachlis ha'tov. It's betachlis ha'tov. It's betachlis ha'tov. It's an act of loving kindness. It's not like with people that they do things they thought that would be good for the kid, and they realize afterwards that they messed up the kid, and then they start crying. I, I, I meant well. I meant well. And it's a nice, mature kid. The kid will say, I, I know, Daddy, you meant well, and it's okay. Don't worry about it. I'm so, I, I understand. If the kid's not so nice, or not so mature, then they'll say, yeah, get lost. I don't have anything to do with it. What I need you for you. You make mistakes like that with my life. Go, go play with someone else's life, not with my life. And there are kids that say that. Don't, don't experiment with me. You have a problem with your, with your uh, anger or with this or that. Go experiment with somebody else. But you made a mistake, so go make mistakes with somebody else. I don't want to deal with your mistakes. There are children that say that. Because Rav doesn't make mistakes. So it means that, that means that whatever happened, whether it's the computer breaking or the, or the boss firing you, it's not that it's going to ultimately lead to something good. It means that that mice itself is with tachlis ahatav. Tachlis means is absolutely good. Every single thing, every single thing that Hashem does for us is tight. Not just that I had good intentions, like people say, or that well, thank God it came out good. It's not I had good intentions, or it came out good. But every single thing is calculated, and every single moment is the tachlis ha'tova is the ultimate ultimate for that person at that moment in his life it's an act of love so this is not something bad that God did to me it's something good it's 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 more than saying I know that God's intentions are good like you say to the person who hurt you that's really a friend of yours and you know that that person will never intentionally hurt you so that person you forgive and you say, look, I know you're my friend, I know you love me, and I know that you would never intentionally hurt me, but, yeah, I, but please forgive me for saying this, this time you messed up. And you did hurt me. What you did was terribly wrong. Why are you being there is such a thing? So then, then the, then the limus chus is up, but that person meant well, and therefore you try to find it in your heart. And if you're a mature person, you can get over it. But with HaKadosh Baruch it's not that... It's not Hashem saying, I lost it this time. I botched up this time. I didn't in the right. I made a mistake. I didn't realize this. I didn't realize that. It's, it's not possible. Every single thing is betachlis atoyv. Mamish. Betachlis atoyv. That means there's absolutely no contradiction between my love for God and the suffering that He's putting me through. Because the Pneumius is that the suffering is a tachlis atoyv. Faket, according to the Zarqad, it's the highest the deepest and greatest good in our lives comes in the lavushim, comes in the garments of difficulties. As the cells only make this be so, tires make this be so. Meaning that in order to truly acquire tire, you have to suffer. In order to truly acquire it's itself, you have to suffer. Is that the, the greatest things are coming in such a package of of yisur? That's the tava gemur. As the cells, that tava gemur. It's absolute good. What's better than Tayyip? What's better than Israel? What's better than Ilamhab? But the Gemara says that the, all of these these three gifts come in the packaging of Yisur, of, of suffering, of, of difficulties. It doesn't come easy. 
This understanding. But again, it's not just to understand, it's to mamish, live with this emuna. Shazui hatavagamura, that this is my best friend who loves me, who gave me a smack in my back. I just, with Hashem, when I turn around, I don't see him. But it's him. It's always him. That belief and understanding, Shazui hatavagamura, that my friend was giving me a good morning, and there's nobody that I'd rather see than my friend, and he gave me a good morning on my back. That understanding That is divided into two parts To understand that it's Because a person could have a problem Someone's Like we spoke about a few weeks ago Somebody's kids starts to contribute to become Machal Shams I just had a phone call before I came in That there was, that there was a parent Not from the shul But someone's calling me that I know That he found out he found out. Can you believe this? I mean, you can believe it. The kids don't understand that the parents sometimes know how to read the phone bills or the computers. Or, you know, as, as smart as these kids are, they don't get it. So this this uh, father, this guy called me. Who I know, and he told me that he found out that for the last two years, I don't know why now, how, <laughs> but for the last two years, his daughter's Michal Shabbos. She's been on the phone hundreds and hundreds of times. This boy, that boy, this girlfriend, hundreds. Of, they're also Shemesh Shabbos. <laughs> The ones on the phone, I'm sure. They just know any people that are not from school, from camp, whatever. Father told me, I don't know how he found because they get bills. I don't know. I guess people don't look; they just pay. Especially if you live in the five towns, you don't. Money's, of course, you don't even look at the bills. People go to the stores; they don't even ask what something costs. So, so, my, my, so he said to me, my daughter has been mechal Shabbos for two years. She's a teenage girl. And he asked it. He said, I, he said, I found whatever. Because then he saw something funny. He noticed it this time. Then he was doing some digging. I guess you could go back to the records. And he was digging. He said, it's two years. So she's Michal Shabbos. She's a 15-year-old girl. She's Michal Shabbos for two years. Not once, twice. Like it's the craziest time. Late Friday night. When everybody's sleeping. Michal Shabbos. Hundreds of times, he told me. He asked her, and she didn't cry. She said, yeah. So, he said, the, the unbelievably brilliant question of, how could you do that? I'm not supposed to say, I did it. You, you and mom were sleeping, and Friday night's quiet time. Yeah. I have boyfriends you never heard about either. She didn't say that at home, but she does. Boyfriends, wrong, good, bad, all kinds of crazy things going on in her little secret life that this 15 year old is leading. For two years. So you tell a father like that, it's good. It's what greater suffering could a father have? I mean, the suffering. To lose a child, something like that. But the suffering of discovering in one minute, looking at a piece of paper, I, I couldn't stop thinking about that afterwards. It's an old friend of mine. I couldn't stop thinking about it. Him looking at the computer, the paper that showed this. 
I'm sitting there with this calendar, right? Shabbos, 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 Shabbos. What? I couldn't stop thinking about it. I went to sleep. I kept on thinking about it. When he looked at that and he saw that, he thought the kids like some famous like this Yaakov girl. He says, my daughter has a separate, my secret life. She didn't call her say that. When he saw that, and he, was, and he looked at that paper, does he assume no, no parents should ever know from suffering, God forbid, what that is. So you come along and you say, and you tell them, it's betachlis ahatav. Betachlis means it's, it's absolute good. Maybe you tell somebody that uh, he got sick, or even that somebody died. So kapara, whatever it is, betachlis ahatav. But that my child is Ochal Shabbos, it's betachlis ahatav. The Territ says, it is betachlis ahatav. It is betachlis ahatav. We just don't understand, how could that be? But it's betachlis ahatav. But you're saying, how could it be betachlis ahatav if Hashem wants us to keep the Torah, and my kid is going against the Torah? That can't be taiv. The Territ says, not the decision of the child. But the Mitzvah is betachlis ahatav, that you're going through this, is betachlis ahatav. You're your son. Again, Tachlis is the absolute good for you at that time in your life. But how, do you, how could a, for a person to believe in that when he's looking at the phone bill, to be able to to be able to, to live with that, and to still know that he has to help his child not to do that again, and he you know he has to deal with this, and not to say yes, but Tachlis so that's okay, sweetheart. You can call any time you like because there's all the Tachlis it's all good. Everything Hashem does is for the best. So, if for some reason I have a daughter that's Machal Shabbos, I guess that must be for the best. So, continue. Whatever you're doing, it's fine. That's also, of course, not Chazashon, Terence. But how does a person talk as a father? So, that's the first part. There are two parts to this. Let's begin with the simple, with the easiest part. Let's just begin with the simple one. Kulana Makirim. All of us know. Habis, he put many stories. Al-Anoshim, Sheikhu, Lerakabis, Al-Tabis. an example of a small type of Yisram. But it could be big Yisram if you had to meet somebody. It's a big meeting. You were late for your bus or for your train. Something so that we all know stories like this, and we've lived through them. But you're so angry, you're so upset. I had this important thing. I had to get that train. The next train's not for half hour, and I'm going to be late, and my boss will be angry, and so. How many times it's happened? Then you find out afterwards that there was some sort of an accident on the road, or that bus got into an accident. When I was when I was in yeshiva in Israel, when I was in high school, at the end of the twelfth, the twelfth we were in, I was in yeshiva. And I was, I was on Arab shops, I was walking, I don't remember his venue, the King Joseph was in the middle of the town. And, um, and, uh, there, there were, the bus stopped. I was on, I was on the bus, not in the city, I was on the bus. And the bus stopped, and, and, and there were a couple of guys that I knew from Yeshiva, they were on the street. And I, have, I was sitting by the front of the bus, and one of the guys said, hey, Mosh, come out, come out, you know, whatever, go. To get an ice cream, and it was to get. I remember it was near. It was near house, by the corner there by Strass. And it was to get an ice cream. But, uh, I, I didn't have such a chesed to go. I was already I was already getting a little bit late, and I wanted to get back to the dormitory and whatever. I had to go somewhere for Shabbos. 
the guy, you know, whatever. And they said, come out, my I said, all right. So I said, okay, so I'll go. We were walking the ice cream store, and boom, the ground was shaking. There was an explosion on that bus. There were four or five people that were killed on that bus. I got off of two minutes before that bus. I was already on the bus. It's not shot that I didn't go on the bus. I was on the bus, and the door opened, and I caught the eyes of my friend. Call me, say, hey, Mike, we're still come on. I said, trust myself. I was annoyed. I was annoyed because I didn't want to go off the bus, but I didn't want to be like a bad guy. So the guys said, like, I went off the bus, and I was feeling annoyed that, that I'm not going to be with Shabbos. Gonna be, uh, I'm not going to get the hot shower. I have to put this guy to get the shower for me. You know how you make a Melichas Bainas? Boom. Person, we all know sto- stories. That's a very extreme story, but each person has heard and sees things like this. That turns out afterwards that it was a good thing. Uh, it was a good thing that that it worked out. And how the British, how he made that with the bus like that, and the, the friend and the coordinate everything. It's a pretty big job to do that to get everything worked out. And, and nobody felt like they were rushing. Nobody felt like they were like, like somebody grabbed them and pushed them two blocks ahead. That my friend was right by the door of the bus. I was in the front seat. I wouldn't have seen him from that side. If it was the window, I wouldn't have seen him because the window's over here, right? I wouldn't have seen the guys over there on the street. The door opened and I was sitting in the front seat, and I and I, and I leaned over because and I see the guys there, and they and it's just when the door opened. Hey, that's all it was. That, that, that's all it was. That opening, this big of a door, of a, of a bus door, and that my friends were walking at that exact spot in the usual line that was coordinated. Again, we don't need stories like this to believe in the Bible. They don't hurt, but you don't need stories like that to believe in the Bible. But what you do need to know is is what we're learning now. After the Maisa, then you say After the Maisa, you're annoyed. And he said, HaKadosh Baruch caused me to miss my shower. Now I'm going to have a cold shower. I thought you loved me. If you love me, you give me a hot shower every Shabbos. Now I'm going to be a cold shower. I'm going to have a cold shower. Now you don't love me. Hadram Yudum, We know these things. Vlanarach Abraham. We don't have to go by Rishas. Back in the verse, in the Kuda, Hanagas, But we have to explain the Nakuda. The inner point of stories like this that we all have experienced or heard of, Hanagas Lenyaneinu, as it applies to each and every one of us. Which we'll continue with Bezashem. Next, next week.